Hello everybody, what's up? You're listening to I Was Just Wondering with me, Tom Salmon, a show that dives into music, film and games and everything else in between. My guest on this week's show is Adrian Kremlin, a library desk support worker at the University of Kent, who's taking part in a 36-hour gaming marathon to raise money for Alzheimer's Research UK on the 23rd of March 2019. We jumped into Adrian's grandmother's battle against dementia, what it takes to play video games for two days straight, and the state of the video game industry in 2019. So I hope you enjoy our conversation. How did you start raising money for Alzheimer's UK research? Uh, Alzheimer's research is obviously something that's close to me because of the fact that it has affected my family by taking my grandma a few years ago. And when it happened the whole gaming community that i was part of at the time and still am to a certain degree now was the main way i dealt with the grief and dealt with the the loss of my grandma i spent a lot of time gaming and talking to my friends and just Mm. using it as a way of forgetting and using the companionship that i had there as a way of dealing with the whole process of losing my grandma. The reason I started raising money for Alzheimer's research in the way I did was because I just started live streaming when I came up with the idea of doing something to raise money to help them. I'd seen Alzheimer's Research UK doing awareness events in London, which is Mm -hmm. where I was living at the time. It kind of just clicked while I was actually planning a stream with some friends. I'd I'd walk past while I was on the phone to one of my friends who is a big part of my my general stream schedule. Yeah. and I kind of saw them and went, ding. Right. I know. <laughs> this is what yeah. I'm going to do. I'd already done something similar for cancer research. I've mm-hmm. done the, the one coming up is going to be the fourth uh, gaming marathon I've done. Oh, really? Um, okay. I've done one for cancer research, which was my first ever one. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I've done two 24 hours for Alzheimer's research. So this time, because I've already done 24 hours three times, Right. I kind of felt like I had to step it up a little bit. So just jumping into the relationship with your grandma, I mean, you were close with her. What was your relationship like with her growing up? Honestly, my parents split up when I was young. I spent the majority of my childhood in my grandparents' house. Right. And between my grandma and my granddad, I got most of my like my values and my beliefs and my personality i guess from having spent so much time with them and my grandma was such a huge influence in that she was a feeder she was an extremely formidable woman and hell hath no fury like my grandma when you upset one of her family kind of thing and honestly she was such an inspirational person to be around just because of the motivation and the drive behind such a tiny woman yeah it's like i i was the the grandchild i've got five cousins oh, okay. um on oh, my wow, dad's side family. of the family and out of all of the grandkids i was the one who spent the most time here right um and i was the one who got influenced the most by her and by my granddad as well so spending all that time with them mm. she pretty much raised me right. in all honesty so yeah it was it was really really hard for me when uh, we found out she had Alzheimer's. I didn't know what Alzheimer's was. I didn't know what it was going to do other than the fact that uh, my grandma's sister had already lost the fight with dementia. Right, yeah. Um, so after finding that out, it was it was a bit difficult, well, very difficult to, mm, I can imagine. to deal with. Um, but I spent a lot of time with her. 
like in their home until the point where she ended up having to be put into a nursing home just because there was so much going on that my granddad couldn't look after her by himself. In terms of dementia, because I know dementia is like a basket of different diseases that affect the brain and that can be memory, thinking, problem solving, language and perception. What were the first things you noticed or hang on a minute, there's something not quite right here? Generally, my grandma was a very placid woman. She was very calm. She didn't get annoyed. She didn't get angry. And oh, unless someone upset the family. Right then then you'd see a whole other side of her but generally speaking especially with the family she was very calm she was very controlled and she always knew what to do if i had a problem mm. my, my grandparents or the people i'd turn to but every now and then she'd forget something so it'd be like a simple detail and it'd be sitting on the tip of her tongue and she couldn't remember it and she'd be sitting there for a couple of minutes clicking her fingers like, um, and then she'd get it mm. and slowly but surely it went from that to she was forgetting quite important details right and at that point the frustration kicked in mm-hmm. and from what i'm i know of it that's quite a common thing you get annoyed at yourself for forgetting details and then i saw a side of my grandma that i don't really feel like it was her but it was right. that anger manifesting and say for instance with me um there was a moment i was oh was i at the time lost it five years ago and it was probably about eight years of progress i think yeah i must have been about i don't know 13, 14. I'd said something, I'd made a joke, and my granddad had chuckled, and my grandma had chuckled. Yeah. And then her face turned, and she went from smiling to being like j- just this look of pure rage on her face. Oh, wow. And from someone so small, hmm. it was almost comical until I realized it was serious. Hmm. And she picked up a bunch of um, coasters off the dining room table and started throwing them at me, and I was just sitting there catching oh, wow. them. And it was yeah. shocking. Um, and especially considering the fact that this is the woman who pretty much raised me mm. and who is who always was my like my bastion when things were going wrong her and my granddad together were the best team i have ever seen and to see that change was shocking and it was yeah it was really difficult to deal with at the time but looking back on it it's more of a shock now right having like looked back on it and seeing that change and understanding what was going on whereas back then i had no clue how quickly did they make the diagnosis and what kind of support was available to you at the time? The actual diagnosis itself was made, like, it was over time, but I wasn't really aware of it. I was quite young. I was still at school. I right. was, like, I was out of the loop of what was really going on. One day, all I knew is she'd been diagnosed. Right. Oh, um, wow. And this was quite early on, and she was just having some of her forgetful spells. Hmm. But because of the symptoms and the signs that her sister had had they'd managed to pinpoint it a little bit earlier with her from what i can remember the support that my grandparents were getting during the entire process was actually really good the doctors were she had some medication that she was taking anyway um she was a type 2 diabetic i think as well which made things really difficult if she forgot to take her I can't remember what it was she had to take. It's insulin, um, isn't it, I think? Insulin, something yeah. like that, yeah. She had to have the injections and she had to do a blood test morning and evening kind of thing. But sometimes she'd forget. And if my granddad wasn't paying attention, which is very rare anyway, it, like, it could have been quite dangerous. But as a whole, like they were on it. She had tablets that she had to take as well. And he ended up becoming a carer. Hmm. But around that, my stepmom's a nurse with the NHS. Oh, okay. um, their next door neighbour, or my grandparents' next door neighbour, was a district nurse. They were quite had quite a good relationship with the staff at the local doctors. So hmm. especially for what was going on, the support that 
the family had and the amount of information that we were able to get hold of because of the the like the support structure we had mm. was more than I think most people would have got or at least it yeah. was more forthcoming because we had people that were already in the NHS and could go and find out for themselves and bring the information back. I think as a whole, like generally speaking, it's not particularly well known anyway, but if you go and look for the information, the information is there. It's just finding it. And I just wondered, going through your journey, what was the most important thing that you want people to know about Alzheimer's? It's difficult because there are a couple of things I could say to this. I think the most important thing is to remember at heart they're still the same person. The changes are going to be, in some cases, severe, and they are going to be shocking and potentially quite swift. But they are still still the same person at heart and you've got to remember to try and not treat them like they're a completely different person because at some points they will act like it there are ways of supporting people like when my grandma was going through her her forgetful phase we were just making sure that things were obvious and easy to remember or easy uh, like easily accessible so if she needed the like the additional support it was readily available right in front of her face yeah don't get angry with them for forgetting because that will distress them more if they are forgetting things just just be patient it's not really something and this is really difficult to say it's not really something you can easily do anything about yeah in the grand scheme of things but being patient and just taking your time and not getting frustrated are the best ways to deal with it right because um, it can be a very frustrating point like thing from their point of view especially because yeah. they're going to be getting annoyed with themselves but it will be frustrating for you as well because i know when they make this diagnosis that it has a huge impact on them and also a huge impact on the family as well and was there anybody that supported you alongside this the the family and friends who are in the nhs mm. but for the most part my processing and my dealing with it was through my gaming it right. was through talking to my friends and though they weren't going through the same thing and they didn't necessarily understand i know one of my friends had a similar situation with their grandparent and the rest of my friends were just very supportive and very understanding so while i was dealing with it i'd I'd be sitting on on the xbox of an evening and i'd be talking to my friends and i'd just end up breaking in the middle of a conversation and it was difficult but i was talking to people and i was managing to express how i was feeling about it yeah it's i I have my family who are all going through the exact same thing so we'd sit down and we'd just talk about it and we were supporting my granddad at the time because obviously it was his wife that was going Mm. through this and they've been together since they were mid-20s oh really wow yes how long were they married for i think it was 50 odd years something like that yeah they they were like childhood sweethearts and then my granddad went off into the yeah, and came out of the RAF and swept her off her feet and married her. Oh, that's really sweet. Yeah, so what yeah did you... You, could almost, you could always almost make a movie out of their, their story. I'm, I'm surprised it hasn't happened already. <laughs> <laughs> um, what did your um, grandparents do um, when they were uh, working? Oh, God. Uh, where do I start? They used to own a local chip shop, mm-hmm. um, which was well known at the time. Um, they were kind of favorites around town or the like the local police would do, have their their dues where they'd order like a batch of food from my grandparents fish and chip shop they used to own a florists at one point mm-hmm. um my granddad ran a fleet of taxis in folkestone um and ended up 
uh, with my grandma doing like the administration and all this uh, that kind of stuff. So like they were a team for oh, wow. I don't know how many years. Mm. Um, my granddad used to work at Citroen, and my grandma was looking after my dad and his brother and sister at the time. Okay. So she was like doing the housewife thing for a bit while granddad, mm. my granddad was working, and then yeah, they've done all sorts of things. Yeah, definitely packed in a full life of uh, many yeah. different careers in there. It's insane. They're, they're multiple businesses that they they own together, and just yeah, they were the best team I know. With that sort of varied sort of career, because it's all about staying active and, and mentally alert about how cruel something like dementia and Alzheimer's is when it takes away, you know, a very smart, lively and engaged person. That must be very sort of difficult to deal with. Really frustrating for her, I think, because mm. she was like running the business side of the the taxis while my granddad was doing the training and running and organizing the drivers Mm -hmm. um and it went from her doing that to her having to stop doing that and my granddad taking that over and the business dwindling right uh, to the point where he couldn't do it anymore basically so at the time when you were going through this i mean how deep were you into the gaming community generally speaking like since um since i was little i've always played video games in one way shape or form whether it's playing on the n64 game boy gamecube playstation xbox i've i've played most consoles since the original game boy and up i got my like i'd I'd always been given like a game boy or a gamecube or playstation whatever for presents by my family and then when i turned 17 i bought my own xbox i haven't got off of xbox since i started pc gaming as well but xbox has been my main platform yeah um i started playing games like call of duty made friends on that and then went from that to joining an actual gaming community of about 1600 people and then going from that to running my own gaming community with some friends of about two or three hundred people like that community feeling and those people i've been gaming with for the last 10 odd years and i've got a core group of friends that there's like nine or ten of us Mm. that we have literally been playing games together for about nine or ten years solid and we transition through games together and some of us have branched off into other games and then been like oh guys you need to come and play this and got everyone else into like into whichever game it happens to be at the time but at that point when i was dealing with that I'd actually I'd moved to London so I'd moved away from home for a little bit yeah and I wasn't seeing family as much and I wasn't gaming as much as I used to uh, yeah. because I was studying at university at the time and in a relationship as well yeah um, and the girl I was in a relationship with with wasn't particularly for me gaming especially when she was around and right. I suffered a little bit from it to be really honest because yeah. that was my main form of communication with my friends when um, my grandma passed away I dove headfirst back into it and spent the majority of my free time gaming and talking to my friends and, yeah, just trying to recover. So what was the first game you started crushing with those solid 10 dudes on the Xbox with you? That's going to have been Call of Duty. Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Like That was the first game I played on Mm. the Xbox when I bought it. I went out, I bought the Xbox and I got that game with it and we played that solidly for i don't know how long i can't even tell you how many hours i spent on that game it's it's in the couple of hundred 
Right. Uh, so we're, we're talking probably about 60 solid days of game time before wow. the next game came out and we moved to Modern Warfare 2 and then eventually Modern Warfare 3. Call of Duty was kind of where I started mm. and then from there we ended up branching out, started on like Battlefield. Um, I played a lot of the Elder Scrolls games, so okay, Oblivion yeah. and Skyrim. Mm-hmm. Um, Skyrim is my all-time favorite game because it's just so pretty. I'm now um, trying to get to the point where I can play, like we're practicing mm. for competitive play in Rocket League. Oh, okay, um, yeah, yeah. I absolutely love that game. Yeah. Recently, um, I discovered I'm half decent at um, player unknown battlegrounds. Um, okay, yeah, yeah. I've won more than uh, more than my fair share of solo uh, matches playing that and getting into like Apex Legends and stuff like that. So the more like recent um, mm. battle royale games. What are we play at the moment? Destiny Two. Okay. Destiny Two is the most recent game I've played a lot of. Me and my friends. Uh, uh, this is the core group. We're pretty much all on on Destiny yeah and yeah playing all the new content what's your team dynamics and what role do you play within your team it's difficult to say because we've got quite a a fluid kind of team dynamic going on um had the title of the renegades for as long as i can remember (laughs) they are my guys they are my community and they always will be i've kind of like i've always kind of taken point with the community just because that is how it always was Mm. with uh with these guys but generally speaking we're just a bunch of mates that sit down of an evening, play yeah. games and have a good laugh. When it comes to organizing certain things, like if we're doing raids or if we're mm-hmm. going to go and do a special event in Destiny or going to go and do something on Rocket League, um, one of us might take point and take the lead for it. Well, my best mate, Pants, um, his name's Mark, but his nickname's Pants, <laughs> and I've known him as Pants since I met him right. over 10 years ago now. It's Pants with a Z because, bless him, he had to be special like that. He... Um, he is especially on rocket league which Mm. i love playing he's basically my coach i know i'm very much of an offensive player he's more of a defensive player but we've learned to play from each other Mm. um watching each other doing the opposite of what we used to do um so it's like playing the game with another me um it gets very confusing at times um but if i'm doing stuff wrong or i'm not picking up shots that i probably should be he's Mm. sitting there coaching me through it and talking me through it and getting me motivated to do well in it yeah which is why when we end up trying to go competitive in that game he is the other person that i will choose and always play that game with right um because of that kind of that dynamic we've got um we've got a group of americans which are part of the community part of the group so Mm -hmm. there's like four or five english guys and four or five americans because of the time difference it kind of makes it difficult sometimes but generally speaking me and the rest of the UK guys will end up sitting a clo- uh, sitting around till stupid o'clock in the morning yeah. playing Destiny because the Americans didn't get home till like 10 p.m. our time. Right. We we get on and we'll play whatever we're playing. It's Destiny, Rocket League, PUBG, anything like that, and we'll just go and have a good laugh and have a good time. So have you met up with any of your uh, team in real life? Pants, I've met up with multiple times. He is mm-hmm. my best mate in real life as well as online. I met him 10 years ago at an RAF camp when, when we were both in the Air Cadets right. and all things. And we met and on the first day we became best mates and it's been like that ever since. I haven't met any of the others in real life, especially the Americans because obviously they're across the pond yeah but i know one of the other guys because i used to be in cadets with him as well uh mm-hmm. chris he's a good friend of mine and i actually play D with him twice a week as well i've got a couple of guys one of them lives in penrith uh right up north one of them lives in scotland um and one of them lives in like the midlands somewhere i always forget whereabouts he's from <laughs> i always take the neck and say he's a uh He's from Liverpool, but right. he's not. He hates hates me saying that he's uh, he's a scouser because he's not. I haven't met up with m- half of them right. yet. 
uh, the Americans especially because they're so far away. But I am planning, hopefully during the summer, to take a road trip and go and see the rest of the guys that are in the UK. And I'll jump in the car with Pants and Chris and we'll end up just going up to Scotland via all these different places to go and see everyone. We have been planning to do that for a few years, but because of work and like financial commitments from other people, it's just mm. been like, uh, yeah, no, okay, we'll have to postpone this for a little while. Because there is a certain um, reference of meeting someone online who's a, fa- a fantastic online player that you know sort of online and then meeting them in IRL from what I've heard from friends they've met people um, been playing online with and then they meet them they hold this such great sort of position in their life of being this sort of like god of gaming I mean yeah to a certain extent it's funny because in certain ways we're all good at certain games Mm. so like my mate Dan my mate Dan plays video games pretty much for a living at this point he's always online he's always gaming and he loves it you look at his gamer score compared to anyone else in the community Mm -hmm. and he's got like 10 times the amount of game score as the rest of us it's insane and some some games he's literally a god playing Mm. among mortals pretty much and then other games we're sitting there like come on dude catch up (laughs) So we've all kind of got that one or two games that we're good at. So I kind of imagine it would almost be like that for all of us because we'd mm. all be meeting people who are like awesome at a specific game. Well, I guess you already do, but like get more into the sort of nitty gritty, I guess, yeah. um, of meeting yeah. up. Yeah. Oh, the the arguments we have debating certain things like Destiny 2, the lore and the tactics for some of the raids and stuff like that. We can be sitting there for half an hour shouting at each other <laughs> down the mic <laughs> and be like, no, I'm right. No, I'm right. No, I'm right. It can be so much fun, and yeah, it's just it's a good laugh. So I'm I'm really looking forward to meeting some of them, because um, some of them have helped me like obviously in difficult times, um, and yeah. I just want to be able to get the chance to go and give them a freaking hug if I can. Yeah. Like, thank you for being so awesome. Just moving on to your 36 hour gaming marathon. How do you prepare for something like that? Lots of sleep. <laughs> uh, yeah so that's that, that's yeah. the main one okay. like lots of sleep before beforehand so that i wake up and i'm not actually tired because mm-hmm. i'm going to be working the uh, no actually i've got the day off the day before mm-hmm. and i've got two days off the day day after because i'm gonna need like a solid day's sleep afterwards making sure that i'm hydrated making mm. sure that i've eaten lots making sure that when i wake up that morning i've got energy and then trying to avoid caffeine for as long as i can beforehand beginning of next week i'm going to be off caffeine for that time just because mm-hmm. then when i actually sit down and i'm in the middle of the game of marathon and we're say 14 or 15 hours in mm-hmm. if i start flagging i'll probably be drinking just water until that point if i start flagging at that point then i can get on the caffeine and mm-hmm. the caffeine will hopefully give me that kick i need to wake myself up a little bit right um I'm going to be trying to avoid energy drinks as much as I can. But something that I've heard that's actually really good is stuff like um, pre-workout stuff. Oh, it yeah. It gives you a buzz and it gives you that boost. So I'm going to get some of that just in case. But preparing-wise, it's literally just making sure I rest, making sure I'm not tired when I wake up that morning. I mean, in terms of like the physical demands of staying up for 36 hours, are there certain things you're going to need? Are there certain like food items? I mean, you talked about staying away from energy drinks, but is there something you're going to be eating for this 36 hours? Like, I mean, there's a local cafe up the road that does uh, takeaway fry-ups. Okay. So I'm going in there in the morning beforehand. I'm going to have a massive fry up and I'm right. going to take two more home with me. One is going to be for me for lunch and one is going to be for my other half for lunch because she's going to be sitting here the whole time I'm gaming. She'll probably sleep during the night to make sure that I, in the morning, I'm still awake. Right. Um, but she's going to be here with me, so I'm going to have to accommodate for that as well. But I'm going to be getting um, a fry up in the morning, yeah. um, which is going to fill me up, hopefully give me a lot of energy. Mm-hmm. Um 
I'm gonna have like uh, I'm I'm a celiac, so I I can't okay. eat gluten, which is right. a nightmare for stuff like this because that's like slow burn energy. But I'm gonna be having like loads of like pastries, like gluten free pastries, biscuits, mm. stuff like that. Stuff that's sweet, stuff that is going to keep me full and keep me full of energy. I will have probably like chocolate milkshakes and stuff like that because again they're sweet and they they just make me happy. And then when it gets to the point where it gets to like the 12 hour point, the 15 mm. hour point, I'll bust out the teas, the coffees, uh, like the energy drinks if I have to. I'll have a couple spare just in case. So lots and lots of Lo- water. Yeah, that's very important staying staying uh, hydrated. Yeah. I will have um some uh Lucas sports on hand as well just in in case because they're easy to hydrate you and teas and coffees and stuff that you yeah. might need to go to the toilet so i was yes. gonna say is this 36 hours continuous or can you take the old toilet break I, I i will be taking what is known as a bio break every now and then to nip to the loo and grab food and stuff like that if i'm eating i'll be sitting at my desk with the camera on slightly tilted up so they can't see me shoveling food into my mouth and i'll probably have some ready meals like pre-made food that i've made myself downstairs ready to go as well so I can, yeah like my other half will run down and stick it in the microwave or i'll just be like right be right back run downstairs grab the food come back up um i'll need to stand up and move around a little bit because otherwise if i'm literally sitting here for like 36 hours straight my legs are gonna go dead yeah my butt's gonna go dead i'm literally gonna be suffering by the end of it so i'll be getting up every like 45 minutes to an hour just for a quick walk around my room Mm. sit back down carry on i'll probably do that while i'm gaming so i'll be sitting there staring at the screen as i move around my room trying to concentrate on the game while letting my legs unstiffen after a certain point it really is about the uh, mental will to succeed because physically you may be flagging but it's just keeping that concentration and that focus for that Uh, the worst bit is going to be at 10 a.m on the sunday morning when i realize i've got 12 hours left mm. because that'll be the point where i normally would have finished and right. it's going to be bright daylight outside and i'm going to open my window and a rush of cold air is going to hit me and i'll go right i've got this and just it's going to be all about mental fortitude and about making myself do it because mm. that's the point where the last one i did i was falling asleep right <laughs> and um, my boss made the joke he will double the donation he's giving me mm-hmm. if during this one i fall asleep and fall off my chair <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean it's um, good but it's kind of a bit mean it's a bit mean it is mean but it's uh, i laughed so hard when i realized that because he actually put that in the donation right. thing on the just giving page mm-hmm. um so i saw that and i was laughing and i was sitting in the office at the time so when he came in at midday because he was doing the afternoon shift he came in and i saw that and i was just chuckling he's like what i was like what you put put in that message he's like oh yeah if you do it you're not allowed to fake it though i was like fine <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you get all sorts of trouble for uh, for faking videos. Um, oh yeah, of course. Oh, it's going to be live. So if if I yeah. pass out live on stream, I think that's going to be just as funny as if I actually managed to make it. To be honest, you imagine me sitting mm. in my chair just falling asleep, just like <sighs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I think it's the I, micro naps as well when you when your eyes close and you think just for a second and you they've been closed for about eight. That's something yeah. I can imagine that's going to creep up on you a little bit. It's difficult because mm. the end of the last one, we actually made the joke, oh, should we go for another 12 hours? And I was like, actually, I potentially could. This time around, I'm going to be pushing for that point. I apparently, and I don't remember this, there mm. were points where I got to almost the stage where I was nodding off on the stream. And I can't remember that, which is kind of worrying. So this time, it's I'm literally going to have to monitor what I'm eating to make sure I'm getting a periodical sugar rush right. and keeping my energy levels up because I don't want that to happen too early. Mm-hmm. And then to crash out and suffer hour 27, 28 to then just completely flag and pass out. It's going to be difficult to keep the energy levels up 
Mm. to be honest it's it's not going to be easy and i'm I, honestly i'm a little bit nervous but mm. at the same time i'm really looking forward to it just because i want to prove i can there's there's definitely that element of pushing through that sort of extreme difficulty and overcoming something that can be almost yep. like a uh, transcendent experience because you are doing 36 hours are you playing deathmatch you're playing competitively or we're going to be trying to mix up as much as we can because for the duration of the stream we're going to be trying to keep as many people engaged and keep as many people interested in it as we can some people don't like playing destiny they're not interested in it some people don't like rocket league or battlefield they don't Mm -hmm. like shooting games they rather watch something like minecraft or i don't know i'm trying to think of other building games right now um Fortnite. Fortnite, unfortunately, I don't really play. Um, I will be giving it a go potentially just to see if we can draw some viewers in. Yeah. Uh, It'll be quite interesting if we can, and they can watch me suck so badly at it because I'm Mm. rubbish at that game. I have one win, and that's it. Um, (laughs) Stuff like Seven Days to Die. It's a zombie survival game. Mm -hmm. It's really cool. I love that game, so I'll probably end up playing that for a while as well. We're going to try and get as much of a variety in as we can there is the potential that at 10 a.m on the saturday not everyone's going to be up so if no one else is up because knowing the guys they're going to be up to stupidly late the next uh, the previous morning anyway i'll end up playing something like assassin's creed or hitman or just cause 4 which are downloaded today because i've got the game pass on xbox so there's going to be as much of a variety as i can to try and keep as many people interested and to keep us engaged Mm -hmm. because if it gets to the point where we start flagging because minecraft is such a chilled out game Mm. that i'm falling asleep yeah that's not what I need. And I know, like, um, with Call of Duty, their community can be quite vocal, to say the least. Oh, if, you, yeah. if you're playing that, then they'll definitely give you the shot of adrenaline uh, you need. Very true. That is very true. I'm, I, I don't know how many other guys have Battlefield, but I'm also going to try getting them on Battlefield, because that's right. quite a tactically interesting game to play. You actually have to play tactics in order to be able to win. So I'd, I'd enjoy sitting there with my sniper rifle at the top of the hill going, right, you guys need to go over there and attack that position. There are guys coming from over there, so if you attack there and then move around blah 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 or like i like organizing and doing the battle tactic stuff right the battlefield offers or letting pants do it and i'll be down on the ground with my medic kit running around healing people because that's what i normally do in in uh, battlefield oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> well you, you always need that person with a health pack ready that tends to be my sort of go-to uh, yep. playing style just helping people because i'm pretty rubbish at shooting my, my other half is um big into mmos and especially final fantasy 14 and she's a healer and the one thing she sent me this thing the other day which was like an uh like an angelic healer a kind of figure standing there going don't annoy me because i get to decide whether you live or die <laughs> <laughs> so we're playing all these video games and if one of the guys yeah. annoys me or said something as a joke as like a, mm. a sarky comment i'm like okay i'm not reviving you now you can respawn bye yeah <laughs> run up and go and start shooting again yeah there's such power isn't there such power yeah. is it bleeding out on the floor please save me <laughs> you were laughing at me five minutes ago i'm not picking you up yeah you've spoken about your um, oh. partner and she seems very sort of supportive i mean how did you guys meet did you meet through gaming dungeons and dragons dnd yeah she worked in the local store and we but i mean we go way back anyway she's a childhood school friend and we started playing D. oh i started playing D in the shop she was working she joined in the game um Mm. we just kind of caught up as friends and then she kind of 
went from there. On the side, like game with her, is that a big part of oh, your yeah. relationship yeah, yeah. as well? Like, the I majority imagine. of most evenings, if we're spending time together, we're gaming together. So either she'll be sitting on the bed and I'll be sitting on my PC because they're literally right next to each other. Right. And she'll have a laptop plugged into my TV. So she's got this massive monitor and we'll be playing Minecraft together or we'll be playing Final Fantasy XIV, yeah. which is a game that I've got very much into recently and absolutely love. And yeah, most of the time we're either doing that or we will go up, like go out and go and have little adventures and watch movies and we mm. both love watching anime together so yeah it's just like, i i get to do all of the stuff i enjoy doing i've just got someone to do it with now so i could ask this what's the main sort of source of tension when you're gaming together when it comes to final fantasy 14 it's me asking her lots of questions right because imagine. i'm a noob and right, she's yeah, yeah. an experienced player who's been playing it for ages and i go oh, how do i do this how do i do this how do i do this i don't know <laughs> <laughs> That's, that's probably the main one. It's just my incessant talking and asking questions. Yeah, it's a very involved game. It's awesome when you get into it. It's a bit slow to start off with, but that's the same as any MMO. Mm. Uh, once you're into it and you're hooked, you're sorted. Yeah, you're really into it for a very long time. Um, so just jumping back to your gaming marathon, I mean, how much money are you hoping to raise? And where do you think that money is most needed in the fight against dementia and Alzheimer's? We've got a target of £300 for Mm -hmm. the fundraising. It's on the Just Giving page that I've got set up, which I accidentally named wrong and I'm really annoyed, but I can't change it. So it says uh, Havoc's 24-hour or 24-H, and -hmm. it should have been 36-H. But that's when I was umming and ahhing over whether or not to do 24 or 36. place I'd like that to go most is probably into making people aware of it and making them aware that Alzheimer's is a serious and horrific thing to go through, Mm -hmm. not only for the person actually experiencing it, but all of the people that are close to them around them. One of the things I think is really good, I was going through London a while back and Alzheimer's Research UK were in the middle of St Pancras Terminal with, you know, the Google Cardboard VR thing. Yeah, yeah. And they were showing people what it's like for someone experiencing it right. and it was really difficult for me because i put the put the goggles on just like okay let's have a look and within mm. two minutes i had to take them off i was in tears i oh, just gosh. couldn't deal with it yeah. um it's such a a real experience especially if you've seen it from the outside mm. to then be able to witness that and i think making people understand that like eight hundred fifty thousand people in the uk are, are living with that experience mm. and feeling that having that perspective is important and understanding that it doesn't go away at the mm. moment it's not curable yeah. there isn't a way to get rid of it hopefully like it's a fight it's something that it is like a battle in a video game yeah. um like the scale of it you see hundreds of thousands of people battling mm-hmm. in these games and then realizing hold on there are more people than that that i'm witnessing in this battle right now that are dealing with something is degenerative and not only mentally disabling but physically disabling as Mm. alzheimer's the biggest thing is the mental side of it is only one side of it and you witness all these mental changes in somebody and then they go through the physical changes that happen because of the effects dementia has or alzheimer's has on the brain and my grandma went from being this little round lady who was full of life and full of smiles and full of love and was a formidable woman to be around to someone who didn't recognize who i was yeah and was skinnier than a rake honestly she'd lost all of the weight she had they were feeding her liquids to try and put Mm. some weight on her there was literally nothing left of her 
unless you see that for yourself or unless, unless you have that slapped in your face yeah understanding that isn't something that most people will be able to do easily the money that i'm putting that i'm raising and that i'm going to be putting into alzheimer's research i want that to go into raising awareness for it so more people can understand and more people can help to fight this horrible Mm. horrible disease there have been studies that link playing video games to people who are suffering from dementia and alzheimer's and how it can have a beneficial effect i was just wondering is that something that maybe you've considered about engaging with i have to a certain extent i'm very much like my grandma's generation and my granddad they look at video gaming is a very detrimental thing for young people to be doing oh you shouldn't be doing that you need Mm. to be outside in the fresh air i was like yeah but there's people out there um (laughs) um, i mean i would love to if i could do something like that i would love to do it my granddad's always said he wants to get into technology but every time i hand him the remote control for the telly he can't work it out so i don't know how far that would go especially bridging that gap between generations maybe even if it's just encouraging young people to hand their their grandparents their nintendo switch or their game boy Mm. or their ds yeah something handheld that they can sit there and go oh this looks cool it's something that well it's not going to be a cure it will be something that could potentially help they've done the research and it's showing that it does have a positive effect Mm. then honestly if i could fund that kind of project myself i would do just to try and help people that have dementia and have alzheimer's with that kind of thing i would do it in a heartbeat i mean my dad's not suffering from dementia but he's getting on a little bit and it's always good to keep yourself engaged i've always wanted to reach out and say hey dad come and get this game we'll do some couch play or something but there is always this kind of sort of reticence my dad doesn't really have any interest in video games but he's interested in flight simulators i can quite uh, like quite easily if i got the gear for it i could quite easily link that into playing a game like ace combat where you're in a combat simulator Mm. kind of kind of game um i'm at some point i'm trying to save at the moment it's not going great but i'm trying to save up to get a um uh, virtual reality headset okay um because i love virtual reality and i really want to get into that like that's like a side project that i'm doing by myself to try and save up money so i uh, get a vr headset (laughs) but if i got something like that i could get my dad straight into that because there are so many flight sims and stuff that you can get on virtual reality that i could just have him sitting there playing and he'd absolutely love it everyone has their own genre their own Mm. interest that they really get into and I think, especially with the diversity um, when it comes to video games now and all the different kind of things that you can do in video games, there is something for everyone. It's just finding that thing. So say, for instance, your dad, I guarantee there'll be something that your dad would actually be really interested in playing. If you can find that, yeah, you'd probably be able to encourage him to engage more with it. I don't think it's going to be long before the wider public, especially younger generation, are going to embrace professional gamers as professional athletes. I mean, esports is becoming such a big thing mm. now compared to how it was even like five, ten years ago. It, 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 the amount of esports tournaments, and this was something I was talking about earlier. Rocket League is a game I want to play professionally, if mm-hmm. possible. I yeah. need to practice because I'm nowhere near that standard yet. I'm playing it to improve, and there are every season there is at least one tournament where the winner makes like a million dollars or something yeah, like yeah. that. They are big competitions. They are big tournaments. And honestly, for the majority of people, sports are just witnessed through telly. There's no reason why it can't just be video game instead. Mm. It takes just as high a reaction speed. It takes just as much Mm. will and mind power to be able to do Mm -hmm. than any of the things. It may not necessarily be a physical competition, but it's still a competition. It's still a sport. People realizing this and the growth of all of these different games to say like League of Legends, um, Dota 2, Mm. uh, Rocket League, anything like that. There are big markets and big like spaces for these things to go out there and become officially uh, officially regular. 
recognized mm. i can't english now yeah. officially officially recognized esports sort of interests me this a bit sort of tangential if you built a personality playing one of those particular games how easy is it to transition or i know what you mean it's it's one of those things i'm i'm technically what you'd class as a variety streamer i'm right. not a big time streamer i'm small scale but i'm building a community slowly i've got friends that i game with and mm. we're all working together I don't play one specific game all of the time, though mm -hmm. there are a couple of games that I do for want of a better term. They are my main games that I play regularly. When you've got people like, um, say, Ninja, who plays mm -hmm. Fortnite, yeah. he is an incredibly gifted gamer by the looks of things. He is good at the game and has managed to build such an incredible following mm. from that one game. But if he then went and started playing another game, I think other people would start raising eyebrows because mm. that's not what they expect of him. He is for want of a better term and i don't mean it in a derogatory term but he's a one-trick pony so if he then went and switched over to another game he might find like because he's slowly losing popularity now if he went yeah. and did something else he may find that his popularity increases again because he's going and trying different games and going and mm. exploring other options but i think having built a reputation on specific uh, like specific game it would actually be quite difficult to then go and branch out and explore other games without mm. other people at least commenting and being like mm, nah we're yeah. all right, thanks. Your fate is sort of tied to a, to a game. Yeah. It's very much of the moment of its time and that dwindles, then you sort of to dwindle along with it. That, that's the thing. It's, yeah. it's taking, <clears throat> excuse me, at that point it's taking that risk, working mm. out whether or not worth then branching out and trying other games or sticking with the sinking ship. The actual thing that you're playing can change so rapidly and your ability to maintain a level of interest in what you're playing because of what you're playing. Yeah. It's, it's fascinating to yeah. me. It's... it's... <sighs> It's interesting from the point of view of the popularity of the games. Like most sports, they've got a solid popularity, a solid mm. following that they've had for God knows how many years. Mm. Games come and go so quickly. And mm. you get like, say like with Anthem, uh, recently come out, yeah. had a massive hype building up to the game. Mm. And then the game drops and it was really disappointing. If that had come out and that had been an incredible game, the wave that Bioware could have ridden with that and the popularity that it would have got from streamers and from YouTubers building on it could have potentially been incredible. Mm. They disappointed, unfortunately. So you got this hype and then it just kind of flopped. And it's still an all right game. I've played it. I enjoy playing it yeah. a little bit. I feel like Iron Man, but I'm running around in the magic javelin. So I get to like call fireballs and lightning out of the sky. And it's pretty cool. Yeah. But it's one of those games where like if say i'd started streaming with that and i wanted to stick to that yeah. i don't think i'd really go anywhere because True. it's not really that popular a game and it's just it's not doing very well not many people are going to be as interested in playing it as we originally thought everyone was hyped mm. for it i was so excited for it and i played the demo and was like oh. i don't want to say rushing there is sort of issue of getting something out and then going like well we can just send out a patch and that'll fix everything honestly skyrim Oblivion and Call of Duty Modern Warfare, the first one, COD 4, are the best games I've played because they were finished, totally complete games when they released them. They then added extra stuff onto it. And it, the, for example, with Skyrim, they added like... Um, like Dawnguard, Hearthfire, mm. the Dragonborn DLC. They added additional stuff, but it was a complete solid game when they released it. There weren't day one patches for Skyrim as far as I can remember. I, I booted up Skyrim when I first got it and I played it and that was that. I mm. have, I don't know how many hundreds of hours on that game. It was a complete game. Nowadays, 
the producers of most of these games are releasing half-assed attempts at games. And then half the time you have to pay for the DLC just to get the finished product, mm-hmm. even Destiny to a certain extent. Yeah. They released a certain amount of content, but then they charge an extra 30 quid for the season pass, and the season pass has the rest of that year's game. Gaming developers nowadays, or at least the production companies like mm. EA, uh, Activision, they're looking for money, they're looking for profit. They're not looking to provide us with the same quality of games as mm-hmm. were being released like five, ten years ago. And while they are good games, they're not the AAA titles they used to be. And honestly, from the point of view of a long-term gamer, and all my friends are in the same boat when I say this, yeah, it's disappointing. I'm still going to pay for the, the games because I still enjoy playing them. And my hope is that by funding the endeavors they're going through now, when it gets to the point where the crash happens that I'm anticipating will eventually happen, where mm. these companies will go, oh, well, we're releasing this game and no one buys it. The market is going to get a severe backlash from some, uh, from an event like that. Mm. And I'm hoping, I'm hoping it happens at some point soon just so that game developers realize that they're they're doing something wrong with this. They've got the wrong dynamic and the wrong business model. In terms of loot crate, microtransactions and sort of DLC, does that stuff ever really benefit the player as much as it benefits the company? No, it's all cosmetics, generally speaking. Mm. I've paid for the odd um, season pass. So Rocket League, I pay for the season pass because honestly, I just like the way the the, the cosmetics look. Mm -hmm. It's like a couple of quid and I've got a a three-month season pass. Fortnite you're paying like a tenner or something like that all these microtransactions are doing is getting people that i would class as the more gullible individuals to pay for something that just makes their character in game look pretty and i've been guilty of doing it myself so i am one of those individuals but yeah there's just been times where it's just you look at what they're selling and what they're asking for for it and it's not worth it Hmm. And I can't, I can't wait for micro uh, uh, microtransaction loot crate culture to just die yeah. so that decent games can start being made again because that is what's killing the gaming scene at the moment is mm. loot crates i agree like i think they got addicted to a certain flow of money coming in from a certain business model like if that's yeah, all your maybe. game is about is about loot crates I and mean, especially with, like the star wars battlefront 2 oh which don't, is, give yeah. don't give me <laughs> that's another podcast in itself but there is stuff like that yeah. where you're like they're touting triple a ips but what's yeah. behind it is essentially just a little shiny box that cracks open and gives yeah. you something pretty much I, I literally cannot wait for loot boxes to just die a death and be gone from gaming so that they can start producing the decent AAA titles they were producing before. Just wrapping up, what's the game in 2019 that you're most looking forward to that you haven't played yet? Oh, God, 2019. Ooh. Okay, 2020? Uh, 2019, uh, to be honest, the DLC that's just come out for Destiny was the one I was looking forward to most. I found out, I discovered I actually have a love for Devil May Cry, which I didn't know I had before because I'd never played any of them. And then I played the demo for DMC5 yesterday oh, okay and found out actually i absolutely love it i want to play it so much the same boat that i've never played any of those games but i'm like i don't want to start at five so i was thinking maybe i could get some of the remastered versions and work my way yeah. through them to get to five i mean that's basically what i'm going to end up doing i know mm. dmc devil may cry and devil may cry 4 are both uh on the xbox game pass Right. So I'm going to be playing both of those at the very least. The other ones I will probably have to, if they're not backwards compatible, go and get myself my PlayStation out of my dad's uh, loft 
and go and find a second-hand copy of them and go and play through them just so I can experience them because nice. they seem, even just mm. the simple combat mechanics, seem yeah. really fun. Honestly, Anthem was one of the games that I was looking forward to and I've been quite disappointed with that. Destiny's Joker's Wild DLC, which is the one that's just popped, is one that I was really looking forward to and hasn't disappointed yet. Mm-hmm. I think the game that I'm most looking forward to in 2019 is the Doom sequel, Doom Eternal. Because I'm a big, Ooh, big Doom fan. Yeah, I, kn- I haven't played the first one of the new uh, generation of Dooms, so I need to go and play that at some point. It's really good. I've, I've watched some playthroughs. Yeah, it does look good. Um, so I'm going to have to give it a go. It's just I've had so many games that I've been wanting to play. So like Just uh, Just Cause Four just yeah. came out, and I loved all the other Just Causes. So for me, being able to play all that stuff just oh, so much fun. And I think we kind of touched on this before, but what do you think the future is of PC gaming and what's the one piece of gaming hardware you wish you'd owned? I mean, we did talk about that you wanted sort of a VR headset, but I was kind of thinking looking beyond that. Is there anything in um, terms of gaming or gaming technology that's coming that you're super pumped about? VR is the main thing I'm pumped about. I'm going to be really honest. That is mm. the future of gaming full stop. Are you familiar with Sword Art Online? Yes, I am, yeah. Okay, so the concept behind Sword Art Online without the people being trapped in the, the game, the actual concept of the technology behind that is something I really hope they make a real thing. Ready Player One? Yeah, yeah. Again, that kind of concept, being right. able to go in and have this entire universe to go and explore. Mm. If I could have that, I would be living that constantly i would not stop that is what i am excited for that kind of technology anytime i think about it anytime i watch sword art online or i go back and watch ready player one for the 17th time Mm -hmm. because i love that movie full stop it it just gets me pumped for it i can't wait honestly it's just it's going to be amazing just before we go please tell our listeners um where they can find you on your just give page your socials and stuff and maybe just give a little bit about your charity endeavors so the live stream is going to be broadcast live at twitch.tv forward slash havoc nine nine six six the just giving page that we are using is justgiving.com forward slash fundraising forward slash havocs 24h 24 hour you can find me on uh, twitter facebook and instagram under the name havoc 9966 any support you guys can give whether it's sharing um the just giving page or um coming and donating would be incredible or just coming and hanging out when we're streaming 23rd of march from 10 a.m i will be online i will be live and you'll probably see me flagging from the first minute because i'll probably have woken up really late but oh my god but yeah anything that you guys can do to support and just come and say hi it would be amazing so there you have it i had a great time chatting with adrian thank you so much for listening i've been tom and i'll catch up with you next episode